Next on Abounding Grace, we give our attention to prophecy, one of the many manifestations of the Spirit. This is amazing grace. We are delighted to share the next half hour together with you and welcome to Abounding Grace. We'll hand things off to Pastor Ed Taylor in a moment. For the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the manifestations of the Spirit. Now think of these as spiritual power tools or helps that come alongside your spiritual giftings for a specific time and reason. On occasion, the Lord may give you the ability to speak into a person's life. It may be a comforting word or something along the lines of exhortation or edification. That's really what the manifestation of prophecy is all about. Here's Ed with more. We're looking at this manifestation of prophecy, this spiritual power tool, as we've said before. And like any tool, any tool in your garage, you use one tool for one thing, and another tool for another thing. And sometimes you can use the same tool for a couple of things. And that's how the Holy Spirit works in your life. Giving you just the right manifestation alongside of your gifting to be used for that situation that's in front of you. So those of you that are taking notes, the manifestation of prophecy is the ability to speak into a person's life edification, comfort, and exhortation. The manifestation of prophecy is the ability to speak into a person's life. Edification, that word means to build up. And you're able to speak words into someone's life that just builds them up. Barnabas, it's a beautiful example. Everywhere he went, just encouraging people. You know people like that? Oh, I know people like that. When I get bummed out, I search out people like that. I want to be encouraged. I know that they're going to speak a word of encouragement. God has just gifted them comfort. You speak forth God's word and to comfort people. And then exhortation. The manifestation is speaking forth. F-O-R-T-H. Speaking forth the word of God through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's where a believer becomes a channel so that the Lord can speak today. Turn over to chapter 14 real quick here in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 14. The Spirit comes alongside of you in the midst of a discussion and now with technology, you could write a word. You could write it out on an email or you could even text it now. Or you can actually write it on a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, put an address on it and a stamp. That They still do that. And you could put it in the mailbox to somebody. And they can arrive four days later. Three days later. You can send an email, it's there seconds, but there's still regular mail. And you could just jot a note down. God put somebody on your heart. You write a card to them and a word brings comfort to them. Edification, exhortation. Notice, do you guys remember mail? All right, I just want to make sure because, like, a lot of you are like, what? <laughs> verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14. Well, let's start at verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And again, that word is in italics. Desire spirituals. 
but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Again, we're going to get into this in depth, but it couldn't be clearer. You don't have a conversation. You're speaking to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. When we think of prophecy, the very first thing that pops into our mind is usually prophets. And when we think of prophets, the first thing we think about are Old Testament prophets and some of the crazy things those guys did. And a lot of times the Old Testament prophets would speak this way, thus saith the Lord. And they wouldn't be quoting the scrolls, they would be getting direct revelation from God speaking to the children of Israel, to Judah, and even to foreign nations. Thus saith the Lord. The gift of prophecy, as it comes into the New Testament, speaks more to us of speaking forth the word of God. Not just foretelling. The Old Testament's filled with prophecy of future events. Foretelling, F-O-R-E. Now when we read prophecy, it's already been revealed for us, speaking forth the word of God. That's not that God wouldn't give a word to you, and we see in the New Testament, a word of what's going to happen ahead. God can do that. Say, watch out, don't go there, don't say that, and it becomes prophetic. It becomes a prophetic utterance. You don't even notice it. It's not, you're not writing new scripture, you're not adding to the Bible, you don't add or subtract to the scriptures. But God gives you a word to warn someone. And you're like, wow. Be careful. It's not thus saith the Lord. You might be afraid of becoming an Ezekiel or an Isaiah. Although, although Ezekiel and Isaiah have, Jeremiah and many of the Old Testament prophets, Micah, they've all passed on. I believe that God reserves for himself in every generation a strong prophetic voice. A man that will speak forth with boldness the things that are going on on behalf of God. We've seen many strong prophetic voices. Not drawing attention to themselves, but simply speaking forth the word of God. The spiritual prompting to be obedient to speak forth his word. And while the person, we've looked at this because it's a little different. This is where some of the confusion comes in. The manifestation of prophecy is a little different than the person gifted prophetically. The gift of prophecy. Because the person with the gift of prophecy is not always known. We looked at these in depth. They're not always known for their tact or their diplomacy. They tend to see things in black and white and that's just the way it is. And here you go. Take it from the Lord. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Often ministering in exhortation, but even in comfort too. Because the person with the the person that's gifted in the area of prophecy and they go to comfort someone, the person that is being comforted doesn't always see it that way to begin with. They might be a little upset. Where God has just given, they've sent someone. A lot of times we think of comfort as it's okay and it's all right, and we're gonna weep together, we're gonna cry together, and that's certainly an element of comfort. But somebody with the gifting of prophecy usually comforts through the spoken word. I'll give you a great example of that. Often the scripture of Romans chapter 8 verse 28 comes when tough times come. 
Uh, we, we just go through something. We wish it wasn't happening. We have experienced some horrible thing. And, and God will inevitably send somebody to us and say, hey, I just want to share scripture with you. Romans 8, 28. And immediately you're like, man, that's not very encouraging at all. This brother doesn't understand. Why would he come to me? Why? I just lost everything. I was just diagnosed. I, I've just, I, I've been asked to step aside. I've been on and on. That list can go. Boy, you don't know what's happening with my kids and, and here, my job. And Romans eight twenty eight. that's the last thing I need to hear. No, 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 no. God sent you a bold person gifted with prophecy or the manifestation. Some timid person that just like, you, you, you just like, what should I say, Lord? What should I say? And the Lord just impresses upon you. Speak forth Romans eight twenty eight to them. And then right in the mid-sentence, they start to, you see it on their face. I don't want to hear that. Are you kidding? Don't tell me that. They're the 50th person. And then that boldness of the Holy Spirit comes so you can finish. Because you didn't, you weren't looking for scriptures before you left. You weren't looking in a scripture book of comfort verses. You were just praying and God impressed upon you. And the, the manifestation of prophecy to speak forth the word. You were speaking it forth in comfort. Not everybody sees it as comfort. But I'm sure that those of you that have had that experience and you felt that way... After you've gotten through the trial, wasn't that such a comforting truth to hang on to? You were holding on to it when you go to bed. It was your pillow. You didn't like it when it was coming because you're now Romans 8, 28, and he is working all things together. And all things in your life happen to be a few things you don't want. And you still held on to it. Didn't like it right away, but it brought comfort to you. It also brought exhortation. It might have brought a move in your actions to get your eyes back on the Lord. How easy it is when we're in need of comfort for us to turn our eyes away from the Lord. And you know what happens. There's only one other place to look, and that's at ourselves. And then that's not fun, because we're already bummed out. We look in the mirror, we're bummed out, we're feeling it, and we see a guy in the mirror all bummed out, and like, there's, what, what is there? There's the Lord. To be your strength and your encouragement. And while the person with this gifting tends not to be known for their tactfulness, come around usually people with the gift of prophecy you might de- describe them as rough around the edges <laughs> you know any believers rough around the edges <laughs> you might be that believer rough around the edges yes and yet they still have something to say like they they just seem to have the right word they're rough around the edges You walk away going, well, you know, it could have been delivered a little differently. But wow, that was really good to hear. I'm glad God sent me that person. I received that from the Lord. The manifestation of prophecy is just a little bit different now. And comes to all sorts of personalities. Where the person with the gift of prophecy might be uh, rough around the edges in their life. The manifestation can come upon a very timid, only speaks three words a year kind of person. That you would never think it would come from them. You would look at them and, and, and your first response when they say something is, you? And yeah, it's the work of the Spirit. He's used somebody completely outside of your realm of thinking to get your attention to speak the same word he would have used if somebody with the gift of prophecy would have come along. And then the person speaks the word and then they just back off and they just go back into their normal everyday life. And that timid person... With this manifestation can speak with a very boldness that's not usual for them. Where it's not normal for them. But they speak with confidence. Before we move on to looking at a few examples. 
And then for our time of worship and communion, just waiting on the Lord, praying for these manifestations, praying for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, praying for the Spirit to encourage us, to confirm. Some of you are still, I know a lot of you have listened to the studies in Romans, and some of you still need to. Some of you are still waiting for confirmation on what your gifting is. You can ask for that confirmation. You can ask for God to just make it clear to you. You can lay before him and just lay your heart before him as we're worshiping to say, God, my heart is to be in tune with you. I want to know how you want to use me. And he'll do it. You can, you can be worshiping tonight. I know the, the lights will be down, but some of the light will still be on. You can just have the Romans 12 open, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and you can just be praying through them while you're singing, while the music is around, just seeking the Lord. And before we look at them, I want to see how the, the manifestation and the gifting sometimes overlaps. It's what brings some of the uncertainty of what is which is which. Turn over to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. The Spirit can use you in speaking forth His word in boldness, but that's not your motivational gifting. You're more of a person that's merciful. You're a person that is gifted in leading. When the Holy Spirit comes in this manifestation of prophecy, you might think it's your gifting. When it's not your motivational gifting at all. It's just the Spirit coming alongside of you. Notice verse 16 of Luke chapter 4. Jesus comes to Nazareth. And during the regular synagogue service, he speaks forth the word. It says, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book gave it back to the attendant and sat down and all the eyes of all those that were in the synagogue were fixed upon him. It's a normal time. He's reading forth the scroll. It was probably the normal reading for that time period as they had regularly scheduled readings and he shares it and speaks forth the word of God. But then notice in verse 21, he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus stops short of his reading because in Isaiah, what he's quoting here continues to go on. He stops short at verse 2. And he says, today these things are being fulfilled. Now, all the rabbis knew, all the learned people and those that were taught well in the synagogue all knew that this was a messianic passage of scripture, that this spoke of the coming Messiah, the coming Savior. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance, Isaiah continues, to comfort. And he stops on purpose because this is only partially fulfilled. There's coming a day during the great tribulation period where judgment will come, where God will finally bring equity. And Jesus, as he's moving in the realm of prophecy, he's very careful and he stops short, I believe, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit indwelling him, says, stop short. There's still coming a time. There's still more to this that's going to come. And all the things that he said were going to happen, preaching, healing, deliverance, recovery of sight, setting liberty, captives liberty, that's all going on. And I love how he could speak in verse 21. This is happening, gang. 
I mean, when you're able to open the scriptures and say, this is happening, or somebody's describing something in their life, and you open up the scripture and say, well, it's right here. This is, what, this is it right here. Here it is. It's not all the scripture, but it's just enough. Where you, you take them to the scripture and you, you read half of it for them. They go, this is it right here. Now, if you don't change, let's read the rest of the verse. <laughs> you want to make sure that the rest of the verse is not going to come to pass. Be careful, because if you don't change, you don't turn directions... And those that can escape the rest of Isaiah are those that put their faith in Jesus. You want to escape the coming judgment? Believe in Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul. Acknowledge your sins before him tonight. Recognize that your life is not right with God. That you don't have a relationship. You you can say that you do, but you know you don't. You can say that, oh, I don't have anything against God, Ed. I don't have anything against church. I mean, I'm here, aren't I? Yeah, you're here, but are you, are you in relationship? It's one thing to be in a physical location. It's a whole other thing to be in relationship with the people in that same location. And Jesus is here now. He died. They buried him in the tomb and thought that there was such a great victory. Look, we're so confident that we've taken, we're going to seal it and put guards there just in case somebody tries to come and steal his body. Because, you know, he did talk about rising again the third day. And there was no stone, no seal, no Roman soldier that could hold Jesus back from the resurrection power. And Jesus is alive now in and among us. And you can be in the same room with Jesus and not be in relationship with him. What? How do you know that? I know because Jesus said there's going to be a group of people in eternity that are going to be utterly surprised. Because when they review their life, they're going to talk about all the great things they did for Jesus. Haven't I done this for you, Jesus? And haven't I done this for you, Jesus? And the list is impressive. And the response from Jesus is, you guys need to depart from me. And you know why? The reason he gave Jesus says, you just need to depart. I saw all the good works you did, but I never knew you. We didn't connect. We never really, you never really did surrender. You still did your own thing. I saw, I saw, and this is what it looks like. You got the, the good deed on Monday, and then right after, you're just back to doing your own thing. Doing your own thing. Doing your own thing. It's almost like you can schedule your good deeds. Because it does feel good to do good. (laughs) It feels bad to do bad, as it should, and it feels good to do good. But without relationship, what's the point? Do you think you're going to earn salvation? Is that what you've been taught? That if you work really hard, then God might like you? He might accept you? Can I just tell you that there's no good deed whatsoever that you could ever do in your life that would bridge the gap between you and God? God will not be a debtor to anyone. He doesn't owe us anything. But out of his gracious love for humanity, for his creation gone bad, he sent Jesus Christ to take care of the penalty for our sin. I'm sure you've heard it before, but the Bible boldly declares that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That word all is a pretty big word. It's not too big in the English, but it encompasses everyone. You can't say, I'm not all. Yes, you are. Uh, Not me. I've been. No, you are. You're all. 
Because if you look up that word in the original language, all, you know what it means? All. Not all except you or me. I lived that way for many years. Just looking at my life and just thinking, you know, I'm not that bad. Everyone around me, like, dude, you're horrible. But for me, I'm not that bad. Because in my mind, there was always these scales. That, that if I, I did all this bad, I could just make it up with a few good things. And I'm always trying to balance the scales. I'm always trying to make sure and look at my life and analyze my life. Countless millions of people live their life today the same exact way. That even might be you. That, that illustration is exactly what you go to bed with at night. The scale. And, and it's in balance. Some days it's better than others. But you never can get it, can you? <laughs> you just never can get it. You've been listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor and a part of our series on the Holy Spirit. Ed, as you were talking about prophecy today, a question came to mind. As you know, false prophets exist in our world today. So when someone shares something like this, what are some safeguards we should have in place? Well, Larry, you know, anywhere the truth is, there's always going to be falsehood. Uh, We learned that right in the very beginning of all creation in the Garden of Eden, where God has spoken his truth to Adam and Eve, and there were falsehoods and lies right around the corner. Paul would warn against false teachers to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20. Jesus would warn against false teachers. Peter says, but there are also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They'll secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. And unfortunately, he says in verse 2, Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. And it's unfortunate. And what are some things that we can do to put some safeguards up? Number one, be a man of prayer. Be a man or woman of prayer. Because as you're in tune with God personally, the Holy Spirit who lives in you will reveal to you when something doesn't seem right. It doesn't feel right. Uh, It doesn't line up with the known truth you have in your mind. Number two, be a man or a woman of God's Word. And let me be careful here, not with the interpretations of man of God's Word, not man's interpretations, as accurate as they may or may not be, as they may be. I mean, if they're not accurate, then you, that's where false teaching can come in. But you need to know the Word, where to find things in the Word, the context, Uh, Know God's Word because everything's going to line up with what God's Word has said. And some of the cults are just designed to confuse you and take you all over the place instead of just, what does the Bible say? Thirdly, know Jesus. Know who He is. Because every corruption, every corrupt teaching has a corrupt Jesus behind it. And what I mean by that is a false Jesus. Yeah, there are going to be false Jesus, the Bible says. And when you misunderstand the character and nature of Jesus Christ, your teaching will misunderstand the character and nature of Jesus Christ, and it will be false. And then finally, be in a good Bible teaching church. You know, of course, the family of churches that I'm involved in, Calvary Chapel, uh, there are Calvary chapels around the world. Find a Calvary chapel that teaches through the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, expository teaching. Um, Of course, It's not just Calvary chapels that teach expositorily, but find a church that teaches the Bible, not the doctrines of men, and you'll be in a place, a safer place, that will enable you to resist the lies of the enemy. Friend, if you'd like to hear today's study in its entirety, either request the CD for just $2 by calling 877-30-GRACE. 
or go online to calvaryaurora.org where you'll find all of Ed's studies on the manifestations of the Spirit, including this one on prophecy. Here in the month of October, we've picked out an excellent book written by Gene Edwards called A Tale of Three Kings. This bestseller features the stories of three kings, David, Saul, and Absalom. We've all been hurt by the words or actions of another, even by Christians. And it's at such times we can be left confused, angry, even bitter. Allow the Lord to bring hope and healing into your life as you read A Tale of Three Kings, a study in brokenness. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryaurora.org. Don't miss our next study in the Word next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora. 